Hey, good afternoon, folks. Here we are on this Monday afternoon, and I'm delighted you're with me. I have with me in the studio this afternoon Dr. Samuel Barnes, Dr. Sam Barnes, retired orthopedic surgeon, sculptor, captain of sailing vessels. Uh, he's, uh, he's a pretty interesting fella, even if he is kind of related to me. And we have to claim cousinship, I guess, distantly. Sort I of. claim it. You claim it. <laughs> Sam, thanks for being here. Welcome. Well, thank you very much, Judy. It's uh, it's good to be here. Uh, one thing about you that I've always found terribly interesting is how you got into orthopedic medicine. How, where did you get your training? Well, medicine in particular. My mother was a student nurse at Cook City Hospital. And okay. her sister-in-law was uh, Mabel Brochier, and she was the superintendent of nurses, which meant she taught the nurses. She was the administrator and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I was born. Uh, and then my aunt dictated that I would be named after the physician that, that uh, delivered me, and that was Dr. Harlan Taylor. So Taylor is my middle, middle name. name. Yep. Yes. Sam Taylor Barnes. And Sam Moore was my dad's best friend. Sam. Okay. Moore. Yes. All right. Your roots go deep here in in Putnam County. Oh yes. And other places, and I we we'll get into your interest in genealogy and all the traveling that you and your beautiful wife have done over the years. Um, where'd you get your training? Since you had a background, you had family members who were in the medical yes, field. Yes, like so many people in the Upper Cumberland, uh, after the war, we traveled to uh, to Michigan to work. Uh, my dad did to work in the factories, and of course, I was a, a grade school kid uh, then, and and high school. I went to high school there, mm-hmm. but um, this was home, and I always wanted to get back to Tennessee. Always visited my grandpa here in Cookville and. Grandpa ba- Grandma Barnes and my Grandpa Whitson, my mother's mm-hmm. father, up near Monterey on his farm. So this was home, and I could uh, get accepted in Vanderbilt. So I went to Vanderbilt College. Then I, uh, from Vanderbilt, I went to the University of Tennessee Medical School. And then from there, I went into the Army to do my internship, general surgery, and residency. Now, you were military at some point. Fourteen years. In the Army? Army, yes. Mm -hmm. I went in to avoid the draft. So you were a, I mean, were you a a Ph.D. then? I mean, an M.D. then, by that time. I was an M.D. when I went in. Like I say, I went in to avoid the draft, but but I really liked the Army and and the mission and and taking care of G.I.s and their families. So I ended up staying in 14 years and had quite an experience traveling around from Walter Reed in Boston and Walter Reed in Washington, then Boston and San Francisco and Korea and San Antonio. You were everywhere, weren't you, Sam? Yes, all around. And that didn't have anything to do with your genealogy study that you have gotten into. Did not. But this was just uh, being in the military and and ministering, if I can say that word, to uh, soldiers and their families. Uh, Thank you for your service. Oh, well, I was paid every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, I know you loved what you did. And I 
something I've always found fascinating about you, and this is radio, so our listeners can't see this, but you've got very big hands, and you did a lot of intricate knee replacement, uh, what all, I don't know what all you did do. You fixed a little bit of everything related to bones. Yes, orthopedics means straight, ortho is straight, Mm -hmm. pedics is child, so straight child. And I love to work on kids and straighten out their crooked bones and that that was yeah. something you really loved. I really liked you that. like kids anyway. Yeah. I know that about you. I like taking care of kids. Yep, and you took care of many of them in this mm-hmm. area. Yes. Um, out of that, I'm curious to know: Did your love and talent for sculpturing? And I I don't know if our listeners know of you, but they will after today. But I know that you do some incredible. Uh, well, sculpturing big, in bronze and all of, kind of stuff. Yes, a big part of my story is the fact that gradually over the years I became an alcoholic. And uh, that uh, uh, held, um, well, it's it's difficult to say why a person becomes an alcoholic, but I were one. You were one, huh? I were one, <laughs> you know, no question. And uh, the Tennessee Medical Association uh, directed that I go to treat. And so in 1986, I went to treatment for my alcoholism and subsequently maintained my sobriety through an anonymous self-help recovery group based on the 12 steps. And uh, I've been uh, in that these 32 years. And I really like to uh, work with people with problems of addiction and and still do. But while I was... um, uh, in Atlanta, I determined that uh, if I wasn't going to be hung over uh, all the time, I would have a lot of time on my hands. And so <laughs> I went uh, to uh, to the Georgia Tech Library and checked out a book on how to cast bronze. Mm-hmm. I had always liked to do sculpturing, but I wanted to add a twist to it. And so I learned how to do sculpturing and with the help of Courses at Tennessee Tech and Appalachian Craft Center. Uh, and now this was—you were not a, a normal student as far as age goes. You were a non-traditional student, correct? When you decided that you were going to learn how well, to, yes, yes. And, okay. And, uh, so I, that's how I got into the bronze sculpture. Okay. And uh, and I know all, that you have some pieces you've given away uh, here mm-hmm. in the Upper Cumberland for museums and and that. So I know you have a an Andrew I, Jackson. Yes, I try not to donate them, but I I have. So. <laughs> you want to sell them, don't you, Sam? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But I do know that you uh, donated that to Jackson County. Uh, yes, uh, it's and it looks just like. Andy Jackson. Jackson. It sure does. You did a, a fantastic job. I also saw some work that you did with orthopedic appliances, sculpturing that you did. That yes. was fascinating. I don't remember where I saw those. Well, but when, when I was in the Army, I got into sailboat sailing. Yes. And so um, I collected orthopedic parts over the years, ones I took out of people when I would do a total hip replacement or a knee. And so I had a big box full of these, and, and I – make these into evocations of ship models okay. out of the spare orthopedic parts. parts. So it's just kind of an interesting You have a thing. foundry at your home. I do. Talking today with Dr. Sam Taylor-Barnes, a very interesting fella.
Uh, so we're going to take a, a bit of a break here. Uh, okay, Sam, I'm being told by my producer that we need to keep going. So we're not going to break now. Ah, we're on a roll now. Well, so, good. So let's just keep it rolling. Uh, you uh, got into sailing Yes. When you were in the Army. Now, you've owned a number of sailing vessels yourself, and I know you've been on I many have. trips, and I you were the a, captain of the, the sailors on I the sailing. I love sail, and I would usually buy a, a, com, a competitive racing boat where I was fortunate to be stationed near the coast, mm-hmm. as in the Seattle area, San Francisco, Boston, Washington, all even Korea. Wow. And at Pusan, Korea, I had a Sea Scout unit there, and we had sailboats. So you have have you raced them? That's what I you've yes. raced them, but you've Race. also taken pleasure trips. I know and that cruises. Yes. Uh-huh. So do you have a boat now? Do not. Do not have a boat now. People ask where I kept boats, but I usually where the last broke down. Where <laughs> you just left yes, them there. because <laughs> yes, in that, but uh, I, I've really enjoyed uh, enjoyed sailing and. And uh, recently, or most recently, I just rent boats or charter sailboats, usually in the Caribbean. Do you? Uh, are you still the captain? Oh yes. Oh, absolutely, huh? You're yeah. not going to get on a boat. There was one exception. Of, uh... There was one exception, though. Oh. To that, and that was in uh, 1981 when Gene Jarrett was the captain of the boat and. Okay. And the crew, I was crewing that day along with uh, Sheila Patterson, and we decided to get married. <laughs> and so the skipper of the boat married us at the Baths in uh, really? Virgin Gorda. That's correct. That's a great story. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sure okay. Did. That's pretty cool. Now, now, you have a foundry, do you not? I do. At your house. Yes, down well down in the barn. Well, on your property down yes, in the barn. Yes, yeah, and, uh, which I have had the, the pleasure that's where of I seeing. I cast my bronze. I haven't cast in 2 years, so. Why? Well, I think my creative juices are sort of dwindling with my age, and I'm working on a ship model that uh it takes a lot of time. It's a very detailed ship model that I've been intending to do all my life, and now's the time to do it if I'm going to do it. Yeah, so I'd say my so. spare time, creative time, is spent working on that ship model. What's in? What is it being made it's, of? It's made of cherry. So it's a wooden. It's going to be yes, wood, it's a not on, bronze. Okay. Plank on frame model from a cherry tree. It fell down on our farm. And oh wow! Punchy Parrish sliced it up for me, and uh, well, that's well, the wood I'm using. Wow, that's pretty cool. And you live in a, in a very historic area and home yes here holiday in... community and the old holiday school yes you turned your your turn the old holiday school into your home correct beautiful and place bought it from dimple carter uh sheriff bill blue famous sheriff bill blue's sister okay and uh, <clears throat> bought it from her in 76 when i got out of the army and that i've just I've lived there all that time, 40, whatever that is, 42 years now. And I, I want to share with our listeners, as you go up to your your front door, there are 12 steps steps, sculptures of hands, yes. which are the 12 steps that of help recovery. Yes. yes, recover yes. from alcoholism. Right. 
Beautiful. You used your own hands as a model. They were my model, yes. And those are absolutely incredible to see. Now that I've gotten myself on track, Sam, we're going to take a break now. I got excited a few minutes ago, thought we were going to break, but we're going to really break. So you all stay with us, and we'll be back in just a minute. We're back talking with Dr. Sam Barnes. Uh, Sam, I know with your orthopedic background, you know how to replace knees and all bones that are broken and all that sort of thing. But I know that you had something you were the patient of a procedure or surgical procedure that was done on your ankle, uh, the first one in the Upper Cumberland area. Isn't that right? That's that's right. I broke my ankle. Um, <clears throat> I fell uh, at Fancher Falls mm-hmm. back in 71 when I was trying to crawl under the waterfall over there, and I got washed off mm. and broke my ankle. Well, it, it got operated on, but finally wore out. Um, meaning that the cartilage wore out, uh, the, the shiny, shiny slick stuffs on the end of the bone, and that wore out, and and pain drove me to have an ankle replacement by Jim McKinney, and it's done very well. Interesting. The first ankle replacement in the Upper Cumberland. Yes. Done at Cookville Regional Medical Center. That's correct. And you knew exactly what was going to happen when they did that, didn't you? Well, really, we we did. Uh, it's passed into uh, mythology now, I guess. But <laughs> the day before my surgery, uh, Dr. McKinney did a trial on a cadaver ankle, and I was there Watching in the it. operating room. Oh, yes. wow! And uh, and he put in this ankle, and I saw what was going to happen, and all. Well, now. We've had people in my family who've had knee replacements, and that's a pretty violent, from, from what I can understand, it's a, it's a pretty violent. It's a gross operation. Is it? With super good results. When yes. they're good, they're very, very good. When they're bad, they're horrid. Yeah, yeah. Like the little girl with a curl in the middle of her forehead. Oh, tell me about that. Well, when she was good, she was very, very good. When she was bad, she was Right, bored. exactly. Well, uh, but you have had great success with this ankle replacement. Yes. So yes. there's there's metal in your ankle. That's correct. Can and you plastic. tell? And plastic. Can you tell when it's going to rain? Or is that an old wives' tale? You know, I can, I've always heard that, oh, it's going to rain, my knee is bothering me. Is that a mm-hmm. true? Oh, the last month, I've predicted it almost every day. Did you really? Oh, you're so full of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's rained every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me, Sam. Well, let's talk about another interest of yours. I know you're terribly interested in uh, genealogy. Yes. And uh, your own, uh, as well as other people. But I know you well enough to know that you know more about a lot of people than they know about themselves when it comes to their genealogy and what happened. Uh, I know that your grandmother was the first female embalmer in the state of Tennessee. Yes. So you have a lot of interesting things. What is something? Got a lot of interesting family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, Grandma Barnes was uh, was quite an interesting person. She was uh, a woman suffragist. Uh, yes, she the, was. In the Nashville papers and all that women's vote. And she was uh, quite a gal. She was quite a gal. And you remember her well. I remember her well. 
Yes. Uh, and you're proud of her, I would hope. Oh, absolutely. Yes, because she, she was the vice president of the Women's Republican Party of Tennessee, and mm-hmm. got very active politically. Very had active. one of the first cars in Cookville. Yes, but then the Barnes family has spread out all over the place. I know you've been to Oklahoma. I I think you've been to Oklahoma. I know we, you and I together, have relatives. Distant relatives in Oklahoma. Oh yes, well, Grandpa had two families, as did Grandma. Their right. their spouses passed away, and they met homesteading in Oklahoma in nineteen seven, mm-hmm. and then they got married, widow and a widower, and they got married. You are kin to a lot of people. Yes, <laughs> even if they don't claim it. <laughs> Sam, uh, share with our audience about uh, your your Grandma Barnes's. Uh, Tombstone over in the Cookville City Cemetery. The, the, your grandma's tombstone oh, over yes. in the Cookville City Cemetery that distinguishes it from all the other 900-some-odd stones that are over there. Well, I guess what one thing that distinguishes it is that it's there in the Cookville Cemetery because my grandpa's first wife, uh, he was actually from Double Springs, Jess Barnes was, mm-hmm. and and she was a possessive, dominant woman and uh, some 15, 17 years his junior. And she didn't want Grandpa to be buried down in Double Springs Cemetery near his first wife uh, or anybody else. <laughs> so she bought a, a large plot and put a little fence around it and then and then put a tombstone there with the barn's name on it. And that was uh, during the Depression, about 1940, 38, 37, that she uh, bought that. And Yeah, but are you, you did talking something. About recently? I you, put, you did something special on the well, tombstone. Well, I did a sculpture of Jacob wrestling with the Lord, uh, mm-hmm. which was a very important thing in the Bible in Genesis. Uh, it uh, validated my struggle with my own faith because Jacob was struggling with his faith, and and uh, and somehow that uh, that uh, reassures me that it's okay to struggle with God. He the the angel then named Jacob Israel, which means he who struggles with God. Yes. So obviously, then God likes for us to struggle. And and uh, I've done that, done that all my life, and a lot of people do. And by doing that sculpture, that uh, that helped me help validate my struggle. It's kind of a healing. Yes, it's kind of a. It was a healing work of art, and I put that on top of our, my grandma's. She tombstone. she struggled with some things. Hmm? She struggled with some things. Everybody struggles. Of yes. course, we do. Yeah. We're humans. But anyway, uh, if you want to see a, a, one of Sam's sculptures here in Putnam County, you can go to the Cookville City Cemetery and see this. It's um, in the older part of the cemetery, up close to Spring Street. But right. it has this sculpture uh, on top of it. And you can't miss it. There's nothing like it in the cemetery. It's the yeah. only one. And I've walked that cemetery many a time for many reasons. My, my family's buried over there, and a lot of them. But... Uh, you have had an interesting life. Tell me, what is the one thing, if you could could give me one thing over your life that has 
will always be with you until you meet your maker, what would it be? My recovery, uh, because what that did was establish a relationship with my higher power, whom I choose to call God. So I've developed a relationship with God, and I try to center my life on spiritually rather than materially, which had been my previous life. Okay. So my relationship to God was founded on my recovery from my alcoholism. Okay. So that's the, oh, that's Sam Barnes in a nutshell right there. That is. You're also involved in the uh, Power of Putnam. Right, the Anti-Drug Coalition. Yes. I yes. just abhor, hate. I don't like that word, but I really do hate the fact that uh, the medical profession is enabling the addiction, uh, people's addictions to prescribe narcotic or pain medication. Mm-hmm. So I, Some people I, don't deal with pain, but we've the medical profession has reached a point, I guess, where you're saying that it's we're enabling. Yes, it's enabling. Sometimes causes causes an addiction because people who haven't had narcotics are are negligently given narcotics. We always felt that way even when you were practicing medicine. Hmm? Have you always felt that way when you were practicing? Uh, well, even? no, because uh, when I started and up until the time I retired, uh, people were very respectful of narcotics. So what's because different of now? Addiction. Oh, now they are given, well, first of all, there was no disease called pain. There was no diagnosis called chronic intractable pain. And this has grown up in the last uh 20, almost 20 years now, since about 2000, 1990s, and, and uh, it's been validated that uh, there is such a thing called chronic pain, and that early on they said uh, that they should treat chronic pain with narcotics, and it's just gone overboard. Uh, and I was sitting this morning uh, with some old retired doctors, and we were talking about all the children that have died, all the young men and women that have died of overdoses, uh, this community. Exactly. But it's worldwide. It's it's worldwide. But we're one of the worser ones. One of the worst is in this area, which is you are very active, I know, in Power of Putman. You're yes. on their board. Is the that board of medical examiners and okay. all that. And okay. We didn't see many uh, at that time, but. Now it's a whole different story. It's a whole different story. Uh, and as I say, I attend recovery meetings mm-hmm. and listen to the stories. And the average room full of recovering people are usually 40 to 50 people in the room. Uh, at, at any and that's meeting. addiction to whether it's alcohol or drugs or prescription drugs. It's all or, mixed it, up we, now. Yeah. It's all mixed up. But it all falls under the, the AA or uh, in a narcotics. Well, I know that you um, do help other people that you know uh, who are. As a matter of fact, same, I have the same problem. Yeah, but anyway, thank you, Sam, for your service to this country and for your continued service to people who you can identify with and encourage and help. Well. Well, thank you for letting me share my opinions. 
I appreciate you coming, Dr. Barnes, Dr. Sam, cousin. Yes, uh, cousin Judy. Yeah, we, we will admit that we're kin. Okay. We're not much alike, but, but we're kin. Not thanks, much alike. Nah, <laughs> thanks for joining us this afternoon. Have a great rest of the night. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Judy.